You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. And God does take what the enemy meant for evil and he turns it to good. And especially as we go through this week, it might seem like, if you don't know the end of the story, it might seem like evil wins. And that's what we're going to see a little bit today as to what the disciples might have been thinking about all of this going on as it led to the cross. But today is, right, today is the last Sunday in Lent. Right? Today is, is Palm Sunday. And today starts the beginning of Holy Week. And there is a lot that happens in, in the life of Jesus in this last week of his life. Um, the Concordia, there's a Concordia commentary series that I really like. It's uh, a lot of uh, my seminary professors and, and a lot of really smart people in the LCMS have, have written commentaries on different books of the Bible. And so uh, for the Gospel of Matthew, one of my favorite professors, Dr. Gibbs, wrote the, the commentaries on, on Matthew. Uh, and as he wrote it, it wasn't all fitting into one book that at least you could carry around without, like, a forklift. Uh, and so it got broken up into three different books. And so uh, I brought those with me today. Uh, these first two books cover three years of Jesus' life, like the, the three years of his ministry, right? So these two books are about three years of Jesus' life, comments on them, uh, hearing what God says about those three years in Matthew, and then there's one book just for the last week of Jesus' life. So this three years, one week, right? This is a big old book, right? It's, it, there's, there's as much written about the last week of Jesus' life as, as there is the other three years because so much is happening in this last week. So much is going on, and all of it is happening for you. Everything that Jesus does over this next week, is it, he does for you. Jesus pours himself out for you. He pours himself into you and me, and, and we're going to see that throughout this coming week. So again, I'm, I'm really going to encourage you to join us for those other services throughout the week, for Monday, Thursday, for Good Friday, for, for Holy Saturday, that, that day of really in between where Jesus is in the grave uh, and so the, all of those services at 6 p.m. right here, and then 6 a.m. at, at, at the, our Easter sunrise service, and then 8 and 10.30 here as we, as we walk with Jesus and see what it is that he does for you and for me. But again, today is, is Palm Sunday. Today is the, the beginning of Holy Week. Uh, but before we focus in specifically on Palm Sunday, uh, I want you to go on a little journey with me. I, I want you to imagine that you are one of the disciples of Jesus. And today I want you to imagine that you are Simon the Zealot. Not, not Simon Peter, right, the one that we know a lot about, but Simon the Zealot. And we only hear his name, it's only written in scriptures three times. And every single one of those times it's, it's, it's connected with the other disciples. So we never hear about just Simon the Zealot himself. But the term that's attached to the end of his name says a lot about who he is and, and a lot about who he, what he was looking for in Jesus. You know, today we wouldn't use the term zealot. Uh, we might use rebel 
or revolutionary, but, but, but Simon was part of the group of people who were seeking to get rid of the Romans who were in charge of the government at that time, who were, who were in charge of the nation. And so uh, imagine that, again that you're Simon the Zealot, and you come upon this man, Jesus of Nazareth, and you, you, he calls you to follow him, and, and, and you walk with him, and, and, and here's someone with power. Here's someone with authority, someone who could act. You, you, you're with him when he feeds thousands. He uses you to help feed thousands with just five loaves of bread and two fish. You see him calm a storm while you're in the middle of a lake on a boat when you think the boat is going to capsize and you're going to die. You, you see him escape the religious leaders who are basically the, the lackeys for the Roman government. And you listen to Jesus and so often this Jesus keeps talking about this coming kingdom, this kingdom of God, and you want to be in that kingdom. You want to be a part of that kingdom. You want to be a leader in that kingdom. And if there's anybody that can set that kingdom up, it's Jesus. Yeah, you also heard him talk about this suffering and death thing, but, but you were so focused and so sure that Jesus was going to overthrow the Roman government and set up his kingdom here on this earth that, that you really didn't listen to that other stuff. At most, you thought maybe Jesus was talking in images, that, that, that he was telling about what it might be like, but you really didn't think it was going to happen, and, and you weren't alone, right? Most of the disciples that you were having conversations with, they were, they were hoping for this new ruler, and they thought that Jesus could be this new ruler, and look at everything that you were seeing, right? Jesus was immensely popular. People flocked to him. Thousands sought him out. His name was on every lip after he raised Lazarus from the dead. And even Greeks, even foreigners were seeking him out. And this was before social media where it was easy for all this information to travel, right? This was, this was when all of this information had to travel by word of mouth. So people were talking about this Jesus and then Jesus goes and does exactly what you want him to do. He rides into Jerusalem on a donkey. Right? This is exactly what the Scripture said that the new king would do. He, he comes into Jerusalem with, with shouts of people proclaiming him to be the Messiah, the, the new king. They, they shouted a kingly greeting. They, they threw their cloaks in his way. They called out, Hosanna, God saves that moment, Jesus could have been everything that you wanted him to be, everything that other disciples wanted him to be. He, he could have called the people to a rebellion. He could have moved the masses against the Romans, against the, the corrupt religious leaders, but he didn't. How could a leader with his authority, with, with his place as the chosen son of God, with his connection to the Father, how could he fail to act against the evil that you see all around you? How could he do nothing except for drive some money changers out of the temple? Yeah, he shared a Passover meal with you and some of the other disciples, and then he went to the garden to pray, but, but there was no speech to the crowd. There was no call to action. And worst of all, as you all are getting ready to leave the garden, Jesus is arrested and he's moved to trial before the high priest. And so now you're in complete confusion. You saw Jesus with, with a chance to be a ruler, choose to allow himself to be arrested, 
choose to allow himself to be taken to a mock trial, choose to allow himself to be humiliated in front of uh, the council and the Roman governor, choose to go meekly to the cross. How could Jesus make this choice to suffer and die? All right, you can come back to present day you now. All right, as, as we look at it, Palm Sunday is the day that we know that we're going to see the victory, right? We know the end of the story. Palm Sunday is a day that we can look back on and realize that, that Jesus is riding into His death, but we can celebrate because we know what His death means for you and for me. We can celebrate because we know that He doesn't stay dead. And so for you and for me, it can be easy to look back at, at the disciples and wonder how they missed it, right? How could Simon the Zealot have missed it? He was right there with Him the whole time. Or, or maybe we can scoff at, at the religious leaders of the day, the, the scribes and the Pharisees, wondering how they could have been so wrong. I'll admit it, I'm glad that I'm living today rather than back in Jesus' day. Because I probably would have been right there with Simon the Zealot. I probably would have been right there with some of the other disciples or, or with the religious leaders of the day. Because while some did see who Jesus was, and Simon the Zealot saw that much more clearly after the resurrection, while some saw who Jesus was and others missed it entirely, they both had in their heads who they wanted the Messiah to be, what they wanted Him to look like, how they wanted Him to act, and what they wanted His kingdom to look like. They wanted a Savior who would fit their desires, but not necessarily their needs. So I'm glad that I'm living today rather than 2,000 years ago. Except the problem is that 2,000 years ago, or 2,000 years later, I'm still the same way. You're still the same way. Last weekend, we were reminded that, that Jesus is the only box that needs checked in our lives. But, but when we hear that Jesus is the only box that needs checked in our lives, what picture of Jesus do you get? Because at times we want a Jesus to fit our desires. We want a Jesus who will come and overthrow our government and rule His kingdom here on this earth. We want a Jesus to be a good teacher or a good moral example. We want Jesus to be a life coach or even just a, a really nice guy. We want a Jesus who will turn a blind eye to our favorite sins but bring down the hammer of the law against other people's sins. We want a Jesus who blesses our preferred way of worship and no one else's. We want a Jesus who, 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 who stays away from sinners. A Jesus who casts stones at those people for their disgusting sins. We want a Jesus who loves us and is happy with us just the way that we are. Basically, we want a Jesus who gives us a thumbs up to go on living life the way that we want to live it. We, we want a Jesus who doesn't get in the way of our being happy. But that Jesus cannot save you, right? You need a Jesus who loves you the way that you are, but loves you too much to leave you the way that you are. You need a Jesus who rides into Jerusalem and has the opportunity to overthrow the Romans and establish His kingdom here on this earth, but instead continues His journey to the cross and then to the empty tomb where He overthrows Satan and solidifies His kingdom for all eternity. Thanks be to God. That's the Jesus who came. 
That's the Jesus who allowed himself to be arrested. That's the Jesus who chose to allow himself to be taken to a mock trial, chose to allow himself to be humiliated before the council and the Roman governor, chose to go meekly to the cross, chose to suffer, chose to take your sins upon himself, and chose to die. And that's the Jesus who rose again for the forgiveness of all of your sins. That's the Jesus who checks the only box that matters in your life. That's the Jesus that poured himself out for you. That's the real Jesus. Follow that Jesus this week. Walk with that Jesus this week as as you see all that he has done for you. Walk with him Thursday. Right, as, he, as he institutes a new commandment given and shed for you, walk with Jesus on Friday to the cross. Walk with Jesus on Saturday into the tomb as, as you are buried with him in baptism so that you might walk with Jesus on Sunday as you rise to new life with him. Walk with Jesus this week and every week. Amen? Amen.